It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, this is John Alba from The Extreme Life of Mad Hardy. Now, every single week on the podcast, you get to hear me and my buddy Mad Hardy talk all about the great wrestling stories from his career. And if you notice at the beginning of the podcast, we like to talk about the current happenings in the wrestling world. Well, that's not the only time all week long I get to do that. In fact, I've got a website I want to tell you all about. That is WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com. This is your chance to interact with me one-on-one every single week, multiple times, whether it's Ask Alba Q&As, tape studies where we break down famous wrestling matches, move for move, preview and review shows of WWE and AEW pay-per-views, and much, much more. If you like my takes on wrestling, or even if you don't and you just want to talk about them in person with me one-on-one, this is your opportunity to do so and join a great community of wrestling fans. Go to WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com now and join for as low as $4.99 a month. That's $4.99 a month cheaper than your cup of coffee at Starbucks. And join me for some great wrestling conversation about all the fantastic matches that we are seeing week in and week out with some of the best talent in the world. That's WrestlingAccordingToAlba.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt, just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months. It's SaveWithConrad.com. are about to be spoken here on the extreme life of mad hardy presented to you by adfreeshows.com and the podcast heat network i'm john yeah. Elba, joined, i am every single week yeah the broken one yeah i'm fired yeah. up man i'm the fired up one. 
Fired up one, Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah my, my adrenaline's pumping. My blood is pumping. It's a good night. It is a good, good night. night to be a Hardy tonight, man. Uh, Brother Nero is back, John Alba. He is. He's Brother back. Nero is back. This has been a, a long journey, Matt Hardy, to this point. A very emotional night on AEW Dynamite. We wanted to, you know, normally we tape before Dynamite, but we wanted to tape after Dynamite to be able to get this very authentic reaction to right. what happened on Dynamite. Uh, why don't you break it down for the people, Matt, and let everyone know how this all go down? Uh, it, it was a very, very interesting night, and it was an interesting day. And this literally came together the last few days. Uh, we'd been talking about this for a while. Um, Jeff's eye will take a little while. It's, it's, I kept making a joke. So how'd you fly here today? Did you take a red eye? <laughs> because he still has like blood in his eye. So he, they said that would probably take like six to eight weeks. So I, I, you know, I kind of put out there probably in six to eight weeks, he should be good, whatever. But his vision was fine. His eyes are stable. They're working in sync now. So they're really good. And he actually got cleared technically at the end of last week, you know, to like do stuff physically again. So we had an idea about bringing him in, interjecting him into the scenario. And this segment cut a little short, but I can tell you right now, here's a great spoiler. Watch Rampage on Friday night, and you'll find out where this match is going to be, and you'll find out who all the official competitors are. I know I got out the stipulation that when we win this match, when my team wins this match, uh, then myself and Private Party, we are free of the firm. Our contract shall be deleted. And – very excited about that. And Jeff will be involved in this match. Hook will be involved in this match. And Isaiah will be involved in this match, too. And, and you'll find out who we're going to face from the firm, too, this Friday on Rampage. Sounds like quite the tease there that this could be some extracurricular stuff going on in this match. I'm very excited to find out more about it. Uh, is Jeff's contract owned by the firm by proximity or is he just no, it's not. It's still owned by AEW, okay. and actually, now that now that he's back to work, I guess they'll start paying him again. You know, his contract <laughs> was frozen for a while, so it, it's owned by AEW. So hopefully, he'll make a few bucks out of this. Well, listen, it's a big deal, Matt, and it's going to be a polarizing topic of discussion for the next few weeks here in the wrestling realm. You and I have spoken ad nauseum about it, including. Sure in the past few weeks and on this week's episode we'll be talking about your wrestlemania 25 feud with jeff and i'm very excited to get into that but i mean let's get real here for a second uh, this has been a long journey for your brother and he had a very serious incident where he -hmm. could have gotten hurt he could have hurt somebody else maybe even worse he put 10 months of work into himself after that I mean, how are things looking here as he gets back in the fold? Is this the right environment for him to be in? I have to ask these questions. Of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's this is the most work I've ever seen him do himself. And he had 10 months. And uh, he just he seems different. He seems different. And, and once again, I don't want to sit here and vouch for him. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take anyone else's word for it. I want you to watch him and follow his actions. And then uh, he'll, he'll make you a believer. Uh if that's what you need. I mean, he, he, I, I am confident his actions and his conduct and his behavior will make people a believer. He's made me a believer. You know, I've got to see a lot of him and I've got to follow his journey. And I know the work he has put in and I know how dedicated he's been 
to legitimately changing and trying to get his shit together once and for all. And all I can say is like, I'm just so extraordinarily proud of him and he, he's done great. And, and today everybody was so happy to see him and he was like happy to be there. And he was so adorable, you know, right before we went out, he was so nervous and he was so worried because he hadn't been in a ring at all. He actually came to my house on Monday night and got in my ring and ran the ropes a little bit, took a few bumps. And uh, he, he brought both his girls, Ruby and Nira, and then Maxwell and Wolfie were out there trying to stunt. They started shoot fighting for about 30 minutes, trying to impress Tio. Uh, so so it, it was a fun time, just catching up with him was. But just him coming back, and he was worried how the people were going to react to him. But Jeff is just one of, one of the few individuals that just has it. I mean, something that is just so extremely special, and people are connected to him in such an organic way. Uh, and when he came out and the people went nuts, and they were cheering and chanting for him. And, you know, they hit that, welcome back, welcome back. It was great, man. A magical moment. So really, really glad we got to this point. And I'm very excited to see where we go forward from here. Yeah, seeing your seeing your smile in the background as he went up to the top rope was yeah. pretty cool. It was a very genuine smile on your behalf. Yeah, look, it is going to be up to him to prove it to the world now. Yeah. That's that's where we are at this juncture. You know? that, that, that's correct. That's correct. I mean, obviously, you know, coming off his past, he has stuff to prove to people. But, you know, once again, it's just I'm the ultimate optimist. My mentality doesn't work for everybody. But, you know, I say like, hey, people change. Give them a chance, especially if they have legitimately put the work in and, and tried. You know, I do that with everybody, you know, and, and either he'll uh, prove them wrong or he'll prove you right. You know, but I, I have a very good feeling about this point jeff's at in his life right now and you're living proof of that that when you do put the work in you can create a substantial change especially coming out of addiction and addiction is a horrible 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 disease and that's what it is it is a disease it's not something that someone can necessarily have a cognizant choice over it's something you have to put the work in on and try to work past it and who am i to say what's next for jeff here and how he goes about proving it to the world i'm not entirely sure of that. I know that whenever we talk about this on our podcast, it gets picked up on the podcast headlines and their websites right. and Reddit. And it's like, oh, here's Matt Hardy once again making the excuses for his brother. Guys, listen, what's Matt going to do? He's going to be optimistic for his brother. He's going to hope for change. He's going to encourage that change. He's going to be as good of a support system as he can possibly be. And, and I can tell you this firsthand. Uh, and, and I mean this genuinely, and, and I know you know I mean this genuinely, but I, I hope that people out there have as good of a support system as a Matt Hardy. I can say that as your friend, I mean, the support that you've been for me, even this last week, uh, to Jeff, to your family, uh, the people would be very lucky, Matt Hardy, to have you as a resource. So I thank you for your enthusiasm, your unrelenting enthusiasm. Thank you. Because we need more of that, man. Thank you. I appreciate that, John. Thank you so much for those kind words. Uh, Edge was the ultimate opportunist. I am the ultimate optimist. <laughs> you know, and I know I've said that to you before in the past, but I, I, I pride myself on that, too. And I just I feel like the, the world is a lot better when you're looking at it realistically. But also you look at the glasses being half full as opposed to half empty. And especially when you notice someone is legitimately, legitimately trying to better themselves. I, I always think it's very important to appreciate that and and to respond to it appropriately and and to 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 give them an opportunity to to prove themselves no at ethan pages uh a hole of the ass he's the ultimate a hole of the ass yes he is the ultimate hole of the ass the ultimate 
poll of the S. Hey, shout out to that AEW fan in the second row there. Hard cam tonight wearing that Extreme Life of Matt Hardy t-shirt. How about that? Very cool. I, I, I saw that, and thank you so much for rocking that Extreme Life of Matt Hardy shirt. Greatly appreciated. They were pushing us out of the ring because the show was heavy when our segment was in, so I'd love to have came over and uh, gave you a high five and hub. Thank you very much for repping the podcast at AEW Dynamite tonight. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, shoot us a DM. We'll give you a little shout out because we'd love that. And go over to boxgimmicks.com. We just dropped tank tops. The summer's coming up. We got Extreme Life of Matt Hardy tank oh, yeah. tops, especially for the ladies. You're rocking one of those things. You're going to look real good in that. Man, AW Dynamite, it has been on fire lately, Matt. I mean, really, yeah. things have just been absolutely fantastic with the product. Really hot start to the show this week. Darby Allen. Uh, the stuff going on with MJF, I know you said, you know, there was a lot of timing stuff going on, but it's intriguing stuff. What do you think of the four pillars representing the company right now in this big feud? I, I mean, I, I, I think it's a great way to build to the future. Um, I, I think it's using two guys uh, or excuse me. I think it's utilizing four guys that are young, uprising stars that really can be pillars and cornerstones of AEW. So I, I am glad to get them pushed into a scene like that. And I think this match is very intriguing. It's a, it's, it's a really interesting scenario where you have MJF defending like the three other guys that they kind of built the company's back on when it comes to youth, not an old, older, experienced veteran. So I think it's a very intriguing match overall. I would agree with that. Again, AW has been popping lately. And if you're an international subscriber to AW programming, you know that you head over to Fight and you get AW Plus there. Fight, our friends over there, they're, they're very, very friendly to the extreme life of Matt Hardy, by the way. Fight Plus, if you follow John Alba, you know I've been all over Fight Plus lately. It's the ultimate digital platform for live sports and entertainment. And they're now offering a free seven-day trial at TryFight.com. Fight Plus is packed with premium live events schedule over 1,000 hours of live action every year and a library of over 4,000 hours on demand, which also includes a whole lot of Matt Hardy, by the way, plus exclusive content. Fight is a great partner of ours at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. They support us, so let's support them. Give that free seven-day trial a try, and you'll be a member for life. That's TryFight.com, T-R-Y-F-I-T-E.com. Oh, man, I just laid down a whole bunch of great fight content today as we take this party as a matter Outstanding. Of They're big fans. We did that whole uh, Valentine's Day special. You and Rebby were all over that thing, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that was enjoyable. That was some good stuff here. That was some good stuff, as is AW Dynamite. Anything else on your mind as far as the current events go, Matt Hardy? I mean, the, the one thing I was going to say, it was uh, cool, too. You know, we did the deal. Like, I'll, I'll stooge this off a little bit. So we uh, – Flew Jeff to Chicago. Obviously, came in last night. We flew him a little later, so he got there in the afternoon. Uh, and they had someone pick him up, drive him up to Milwaukee, and then we tried to stash him away and hide him all evening until it was time for him to come out. And uh, from what I understand, it apparently leaked that he was back in college. The sheets. The sheets. <laughs> the sheets. Uh, it apparently leaked that he was backstage at AAW. There wasn't. They weren't sure exactly what he was doing there. Was he doing a meeting? Was he going to do an interview? Was he going to be on TV? They weren't sure, but that did get out. And uh, I'm just glad it was later <laughs> that that actually leaked and got out because uh, I feel like the fans who are in there watching the show live, they're really not going to be paying attention. It was still a surprise to them. And probably some of the people that read that, that he's going to be there just out of curiosity. They may have like tried to flip on down. I just say, what the, what the hell is going on? This Hardy's at AEW tonight. Is he going to be on the TV? <laughs> Are they all in like 
Cameron, North Carolina. I don't understand where that accent comes from. Yo, you know, Jeff Hardy's there. Yeah, maybe I'll turn it on. Maybe he's going to be on the TV. Now they're Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just different accents around the U.S. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that entirely. Uh, listen, I don't think. In Canada, they're going, oh, Jeff Hardy, eh? <laughs> I don't think spoilers are the worst thing in the world sometimes. Uh, you know, when, when if there's a big angle or something that is totally, completely spoiled, that can stink. Right. But if there's some rumblings that, hey, something might happen, especially in wrestling when it's a live program, I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. I think that can help build a little hype, Matt. Just saying. Go ahead, John. Give me your prediction for the rating tomorrow. What's the, what's the rating for Dynamite going to be? Oh, you're going to put me in the spot. Are you yes. really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have enough people in wrestling who hate me, and now you want me to put this out there into the ether? Uh, I'll say mm, just short of 900,000. Okay. But a uh, good but a good 18 to 49. How about that? Yeah, I I I I feel like it might be upward of 900,000. You think the Jeff News might have pushed people uh Yeah, I don't know. I don't not I don't think one thing individually. I think just the last few weeks has been very very solid programming. I, I don't think it's at all indicative of the quality of programming because yeah, I yeah. do think the AEW TV show has been very solid in yeah. the last month, like really good. And that's not me just saying that. Dude, Orange Cassidy is the MVP of AEW right now. Yeah. He is doing unbelievable work. So I'm all about seeing more of him. And I'm I'm with him, man. I'm very much with it. I just, I think right now we're just kind of stagnant with TV. It's just kind of the nature of things. And unfortunately, you got the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs coming that, up. That, that, those things are tough competition. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. And you know, yeah. baseball season's in full swing. So there's a lot of stuff on TV right now, but very exciting things happening in AEW and in wrestling as a whole. Cody is going to be facing Brock Lesnar, which is a pretty wild match on the surface level when all is said and done. Right. So lots going on in the wrestling sphere. Matt Hardy, we are talking WrestleMania 25, your feud with your brother, Jeff. I think it's very apropos to borrow a Cody term, if I may. That we are talking about this but before we get into that you know what i gotta ask for please hit us with your mad fact mad fact matt is unbelievably proud of his brother anything else you'd like to say about the brother nero stuff no man uh it, it was just nice to have him back uh it's nice to see him in such a a, a good um healthy space and uh, I, I just I love him, and I'm proud of him, man, because he he really has really worked really hard. And that, you know, that's that's not bullshitting anything, and and he's not trying to to bullshit anyone, you know. So uh, I'm just happy, and I, I'm really excited about how things are going to look going forward now. That especially having a a Jeff that really has his mind and soul and heart in the right places. All I'll say is, get me that Hey EW with RJ City and your brother Ace. <laughs> I am all about that. You're here for it, huh? I am more than here. I, I interviewed RJ City for Supercard of Honor promo, and all of a sudden it turned into an impromptu Hey EW. It was great. I, I saw that, yeah. He, he said Mama Briscoe came up to him and said, Hey, you're Hey. 
<laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't think she's doing the bit. I think she thinks that's my name. <laughs> right, 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 right. And he said that Mama Briscoe could kick his ass, which I very much believe, by the way. So yeah. we'll see. Exciting times ahead for you, my friend. Looking forward to it. Let's take a quick breather here, Matt, for a second. I want to talk about our pals over at Sunday. I don't know about you. It was like 80 degrees in Jersey today. And that means that the weather's changing and the lawns are going green. And thankfully, with our friends at Sunday, I'm making sure that my house has got the best lawn possible in a more easy and efficient way than ever before. This is like your your favorite time of the year because, I mean, Senor Benjamin's out there, is it not? Absolutely. And it also means that we are past winter, which is my least favorite time of the year. So I love it when the spring comes around, when the, the grass is green and growing. And uh, I love having some Sunday for Senior Benjamin to enhance our yard. It's very important to keep the hardy compound up. Is this like his Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, it's come, kind of like his Super Bowl. I'd say it's at least like his, uh, you know, it's like the uh, American or National League Series championships, you know, at least right before you get to the World Series. It's, it's a big deal. You know, the World Series might be once we get into the heat of the summer and he has to stay on it all the time uh, once the grass is, is growing nonstop. But uh, this, is a, this is a fun time of year for him, and he's, he stays very, very busy. Well, Sunday is making it easier than ever for him to take care of the lawn at the house, Hardy, because it's everything right. you need to get the lawn you've dreamed of. This spring, go to GetSunday.com slash Hardy and enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. There's no trips to the store needed or hauling those heavy bags because they ship straight to your home you just need a hose to apply sunday you can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an entire episode of aw dynamite or the extreme life of matt hardy and matt i know that may sound like a lot but when you're talking about a property the size of house hardy there are reasonable expectations here you got it i mean the hardy compound's huge just 96 acres and it's not all covered with landscaping and grass but uh I have quite a bunch of uh, yard acreage at my place and over at Brother Nero's brother. It is huge. And he's also actually started contracting Senior Benjamin to do his stuff. So we keep Senior Benjamin busy and uh, thank God he's got Sunday because it just enhances everything. Because these are ingredients that you can actually feel good about. No harsh chemicals, no long waiting periods of trying to keep your kids, the gaggle and any of your pets off the lawn. Simply just apply it, let it dry and you're back to enjoying your yard. Sunday is easy and affordable. Some lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year. And you know Big Money Matt ain't paying for that. But, right. but they'll pay for plans that start as low as $109. That doesn't sound too bad, right? $109. That's a wee fee. Are you kidding me? Of course Big Money Matt's going to go for that, dude. And Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off full season plans starting at just $109. You can get 20% off when you visit GetSunday.com slash Hardy at checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Hardy. Hey, guys, Eric Bischoff here. And just want to call a quick timeout. I want to tell your listeners about what I've been telling everybody at over at 83 weeks for quite a while now about all the cool things that are happening over at adfreeshows.com. He created the soundtrack for generations of WWE fans with some of the most iconic themes in history. Legendary composer Jim Johnston sits down with Conrad to take us behind the themes that we all grew up on, including Randy Orton's Voices. Start getting broke. 
That's just a small taste of what we've got waiting for you with four levels to choose from. See for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. Okay, Matt, I've been waiting a long time to get a chance to talk about this topic with you. We are talking about wrestlemania 25 specifically and at some point we'll also cover what happened after wrestlemania 25 in this feud with you and your recently returned brother jeff Uh, but uh, this is one of our most requested topics why do you think it is that people carry so much lore around this fabled hardy versus hardy wrestlemania match i mean i think this was a big deal you have two guys who were big fans of pro wrestling whose dream was to one day be pro wrestlers and, and one day just hold the world tag team championships one time, you know, so we accomplished that. And obviously we got to do a lot more. We, we really cemented ourselves as a very special tag team in the pro wrestling industry, but also another dream of ours. And we'd stayed this many times was to wrestle one another on a WrestleMania. And we literally were able to wrestle on WrestleMania 25 in one of the marquee matches. So that, that was a big deal for us. And I, I think, the diehard fans that support us so much, I think it was also a big deal for them. I think they were upset over us fighting one another. People much, people would much rather see us together as a team than wrestling one another. And it's always been like that. It'll always be like that. But whenever we we did get that opportunity to, to be on the showcase of the Immortals and wrestle one another, I think people were proud of us. And I think it's a match that they hold very dear to their heart. Mm-hmm. It's one of those overused terms. We hear it all the time. Even your own boss loves to use it. The dream match, right? And there are really so few dream matches. But even though people may have preferred the Hardys teaming together, hard to deny that Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy at WrestleMania is a big deal. Yeah, especially an Extreme Rules match. I mean, that that was us in our environment, in, in the best of our environment, too. So, yeah, it was a huge deal. It, it was us getting to fulfill another one of our dreams, check another dream off the bucket list. So, yeah, man, it was a big deal. And our fans who have been very supportive and just extremely loyal throughout the years, I think they realized that. And, and they they really they thought it was a special deal. We're going to get into the story of how we got there. And it's a, it's a very interesting story. It is a very WWE build to get to this match. But uh, there's definitely some positives that come out of the build, too. And I, I feel like this feud really pushed you as... And when I say put, I don't mean like in the wrestling sense push. I mean, like in the human sense, it really pushed you to go to a place that you never really were challenged to go to in your career as a character, as a person. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I agree. As a performer, it was definitely, uh, it was the most serious and it was the darkest I'd ever been. Uh, and, and, and I dug that. And I will say I was mature enough and I was ready as a performer to take on that role at this time. So back in the day when they wanted to split Jeff and I up, we, we didn't have that confidence as singles wrestlers to really do that. And, and we knew it was going to be an uphill battle. 
feuding with one another anyway, but we were at this point, whenever we did the split, where we we were both confident in both of our shit. And we knew we were going to be able to do it and make it work. And and I was I was committed to the bit for sure. Mm-hmm. When you guys envisioned you having a feud that would culminate at a WrestleMania, did you always view yourself as the heel going into that and Jeff would be the baby face? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely the heel. I mean, Jeff is like one of the most universally beloved figure in all of pro wrestling history. I mean, and dur- during this time period where he became the champion, I mean, he was selling as much and sometimes more merch than John Cena, which, dude, that's a mm-hmm. statement. That's an incredible statement, especially for someone who is known as being a tag team guy. As a singles guy, he was so beloved and he was so incredibly over and so popular at that time. And yeah, there was no other way to do it. I mean, I was the hill. Once again, I, I think a lot of the powers that be because Jeff's popularity is so phenomenal. I, I think they would overlook my popularity in the big scheme of things. But if we're going to have this feud, it definitely the only way to really play it is Jeff is the baby facing me in the hill. And, and plus, I'm a much better, I, not much better hill than Jeff, but I, I am a better hill than Jeff, I think, because I, I'm I have relinquished my fear of being an yeah. asshole, whatever it may be, you know. Well, I, I think and, and this is my opinion, I think you understand the depth of character, maybe a little more in the wrestling sense than Jeff has ever been challenged to. Because Jeff, for most of his career, has played a linear character. He had the run in TNA where, you know, he changed a little bit when he had the heel run. But outside of that, Jeff Hardy has pretty much been Jeff Hardy. Obviously, with brother Nero, he got a chance to explore some other stuff. But that's, like, still Jeff Hardy at his essence. It's just him kind of getting a chance to be the artistic Jeff that we know. But you have been put in these different positions, like, even just from the onslaught v1 right something totally different than anything you were ever used to i feel like that aided you in getting to where you would need to be for a feud like this i mean i think so it's definitely you you have to you have to be able to perform on different levels on different layers you know in, in the pro wrestling business especially to evolve and to to change and to survive and continue to thrive and, and make money for a long period of time. And that's something I, I take a lot of pride in being able to do. You know, someone else that people talk about it all the time is Chris Jericho. He's been amazing with that, with, you know, accepting different roles and becoming different personas and, and becoming a chameleon and, and totally changing from what he was. But in the way he does it, it makes sense. And that's something I've always tried to do as well. Well, let's get into this feud then, Matt. We've talked about Jeff winning the WWE Championship at Armageddon 2008 in our archives. Go check out that episode. That's one of my favorites. And uh, he he defeats Edge and Triple H. Big deal. Big crowning moment for him. What was the general reception like in the locker room to him getting this opportunity and getting a chance to actually be champion? I think it was very inspirational to the talent and to the boys. I mean, obviously... Jeff had made his mistakes on his path to getting there, on his route to getting there, but he was just so beloved at the time, and he was so over. And once again, you know, that old expression that the man says is, we're going to do what's best for business. We're going to do what's right for business. And I think making Jeff champion at the time was, was right for business. I mean, they, they made so many fans across the world that believed in Jeffrey Nero Hardy. You know, they satisfied them. And they said, wow, his journey – was a success and he 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 reached the destination of being on the top of the mountain mountain and being the WWE champion so yeah it, it was good and i think there's a lot of talent at that time who like 
thought like, well, you know, there's only going to be a, a handful of guys that are going to be the champion. It's always going to stand that. It's not like you can start from the bottom and work your way up. I mean, this is a guy that started as an enhancement talent. And we were enhancement talent for five years before we got hired. And then literally we would like win a match, then lose six, then win a match, lose seven, win a match. And, you know, we had a slow build. So this is a guy that started from the bottom and worked his way all the way up to the absolute top. And that rarely happens in pro wrestling. So I think that was very motivational and inspirational to the other guys as well. And and even I, I think it was a positive sign from the office that you can make mistakes or fuck up and you might still get another chance to like attain stuff, especially if you work hard and you bust your ass and, you know, you get yourself over to a certain degree. So I, I think it was very motivational to a lot of the locker room. There were probably some of the guys on top that like weren't so sure of, Jeff being the champion because they figured he's, uh, you know, not the most stable individual and he's very unpredictable, you know, but dude, I'm, I'm so glad Vince ran, gave him the ball and, and Jeff got to run with it for that short little time. He's not champion for very long, but how did he handle the responsibility of being champion in that time? I mean, nothing, nothing changed in his world. You know, he just still came in. He was Jeff Hardy. He didn't act differently because he was the champion. He didn't like assume some sort of different role or mindset because he was the champion. He just still went out there to bust his ass and, and entertain the fans around the world. And that, that was his mentality during that. That's just, that's all he's ever known. So that's what he did when he was champion as well. Well, he stays feuding with edge and they're going to set up a match at the Royal rumble where edge is going to challenge for the championship. Mm-hmm. And during the build to the rumble, there are a few incidents WWE.com posted the following January 9th. WWE champion Jeff Hardy and his girlfriend Beth were involved in a hit-and-run automobile accident earlier this morning in North Carolina. Both Jeff and Beth were injured during the accident, but no ambulance was called to the scene. Uh, there, there have been people who have asked about this. Uh, was this a, a, a shoot accident that they were in that you tied into story, or was this strictly part of story? Oh, no. This was this was absurd. I mean, it was they hired some actress to play Beth, which Jeff was like, oh, that's so strange. Uh, and they just shot something out of the blue. And if I'm not mistaken, there was an incident before this where he was found unconscious in a stairwell, which yes. was the first, which was the first incident slash accident that happened to him. And, and they weren't sure who, you know, who did this to him. And then yes. there was the car accident where a car ran him off the road and then uh, him and his uh, girlfriend you know, we're seen at the crash site on, on camera. Well, so I was going to bring up the stairwell later because that's something that's kind of largely ignored until we start to put some pieces together in this story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very creative way to tell that story. Uh, and, and it makes you think of, oh, OK, maybe maybe I should be paying attention to everything. So, OK, no actual Beth uh, is involved in this car accident which would beth have been down you think to be part of this or is she uh no keep me away from wrestling type uh in general she is kind of like the no keep me away yeah. from wrestling but i i think in this scenario she'd like shit i mean i would have came to that like god at least she's his real girlfriend you're gonna say it's his girlfriend <laughs> i i remember I, I think she said i would i would have done that jeez it wasn't yeah. anything you're just on camera for a few seconds well the next week we have another incident And Jeff is set to be part of the Cutting Edge talking segment with Edge. And all of a sudden, the pyrotechnics go off in his face during his entrance. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, they are selling this up big time. Like, it's a big accident and everything. And it's it's a very real thing. Kind of seems like a bit of a dangerous stunt to try to pull off. But I guess leave it up to the stuntman to be down with it. Uh, What do you remember about the execution of this segment? Because in terms of drawing emotion, it, it was pretty heavy stuff. 
I mean, I, I thought it was executed to perfection. And once again, I tip my hat to the WWE guys. I mean, that was a creative idea, you know, that they had. And it was done so well. And Jeff was super safe during the deal. But it just looked absolutely incredible. He said it was scary to be in there. But he had one spot he had to hit. As long as he hit that spot, he was going to be okay. Um, they nailed it. And the fact that he was coming to the ring to do an interview with Edge, who he's feuding with as well, really made everybody think, well, it's got to be Edge that's doing all this to him. So so I thought that was a, a great uh, red herring to throw people off the trail of who the who the real assailant was. So we know at this point in early January that it's going to be a WrestleMania match between the two of you. Uh, yeah, we, we, I mean, we knew all the way back to probably he won the he won the title win in December. December, mm -hmm. uh, probably like the end of December, like Christmas first of the year. We 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 knew this was going to happen, and and I know. The mindset from Vince was, if we're going to get Matt to the next level, I think the way we need to do it is him being a heel. Mm -hmm. uh, because there, there was going to be this heel run where I looked really good against Jeff. We finished up the thing. And then there was talk about me working with Cena, possibly. That was one of the ideas that was discussed at the time. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into that because that that is a discussion in and of itself. But yeah, I, I would like to know. Who was it that made you guys aware of this WrestleMania pitch in the first place? Was it Vince coming up to you guys? Was it creative? I mean, it was probably Michael. Okay. I would I would guess it was Michael. And he said, hey, how do you feel about this? If we do this in your house? Yeah, of course I'm down for that. Especially if, you know, there's, you know, there there's uh, there's room for me to grow and, like, you know, raise my stock and, and move up the roster, especially in, in pay scale. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. I was ready to do that. I guess the hesitance would come in, in theory, that from – perspective of a fan would be okay this guy worked so hard to have a really good baby face run i mean this is on the heels of not just you being ecw champion but also your long 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 mvp feud where you were consummate baby face during this and as we discussed in the mvp episode available in the archives extremehardy.com you yes. got super over as a baby face you were a top baby face on smackdown so now we're coming to you and we're like matt the only way you're going to be elevated is if you turn heel against your brother and you're still down with that no matter what? Yeah, I was cool with that. Okay. I was cool with that. But because, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter was this. As a babyface, I was not going to become more popular than Jeff. I mean, that's just, just how it was. And and the, the best route for me to take to really become popular and on my own was to go on the other side of the spectrum and, and become a heel. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I, I think that was beneficial for me. Uh, it just sucked that – the very end of it, as we'll get into, you know, my, my hand ended up broken and it kind of slowed me down a little bit. My body was, was very beat up at that time too. My body kind of was starting to give out on me a little bit. Yeah. And, and this is at the tail end of your ECW championship run as well. You're going to lose it to right. Jack Swagger. Yep. Again, I see it twofold. It's like here you had this great baby face run and it was a great baby face run. You're the ECW champion. I know you took a lot of pride in being the ECW champion, but let's call a spade a spade. We know not a ton of people are watching ECW at that time and place. So here's an opportunity to elevate you over to SmackDown and, and be a top person on that brand. Again, put on the Matt Hardy veteran hat here. Another instance of just trying to make the best of all your opportunities and hoping things pay off for you. I mean, that, that's what that's what life is. That's definitely what pro wrestling is. It's, it, you make the most out of whatever you have to work with. That's that's what that's what survivalists do. That's that's how that's especially the way to operate within the confines of the pro wrestling business. Now, I, I do want to tell you this while we're talking about this. After Jeff won the title and uh, he, he did some pretty good numbers in a segment and, and people were loving him. His merch was obviously through the roof. 
there was there was some people that were pitching to delay the turn me versus Jeff to WrestleMania. And that was something that was on the table for a little bit, mm. which didn't end up happening, which I would have been cool with whatever. You so know? doing the turn at WrestleMania rather than doing before. the turn at WrestleMania, that would that would have would have involved Jeff defending the title mm-hmm. in a in a, a main event on WrestleMania and then me turning on him there. Uh, but they ended up going with the Rumble instead, and and that was probably that was probably uh, a, a little bit of the man with three H's. He was probably pushing for that hard to let go back into Mania because I'm even thinking what were the what were the other matches on Mania that year because they did Sean Taker. The main event, well, so you had Sean Taker, you had Triple H and Orton in a less than memorable affair. (laughs) Uh, That was the Chris Jericho versus all the legends match. Uh, Santina Morello winning the Divas Battle Royal, the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal. Who was Edge against at Mania? Uh, That was Edge, Cena, and Big Show, I believe. So it was a triple threat for the World Heavyweight Title. It was a triple threat match for the uh, World for the WWE. Yeah, that would be the so it was the WWE Championship was Triple H and Orton, and then John Cena, Big Show, and Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship. Gotcha. Okay, that was one of the few times that Cena held the World Heavyweight Championship. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that 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 was something that was talked about, and it, it could have been a reality, but they ended up going the other route. When you say it was talked about, who's talking about that? Who's pitching that alternative to you? Uh, I, I don't know. I, Vince was open to it. I, okay. I do know that. Um, but there, there were probably just uh, – there was probably a certain percentage of the writers and just of creative that uh-huh. were really behind Jeff because he had so much momentum and, and things were hot and it was good. And there were some people that probably, like, we're worried about Jeff having too long of a run and maybe something going wrong. I'm sure well, I think you just unopened something here that I don't think has ever really been talked about. Okay. You just said that there was a pitch to elongate Jeff Hardy's title run and have you do a turn at WrestleMania and mm-hmm. that Vince was potentially behind it. And then as we know, Triple H faces Randy Orton for the WWE Championship, the championship that Jeff held. So you suggesting that Triple H might have had something to do with this. Boy, if you put the pieces together, pal, that sure seems linear here and that there really might have been something to that. I mean, yeah. I mean, and and, and I also, I, I get where Hunter was coming from as well, you know, especially with stuff Jeff did because Hunter was all about being a company man. So, like, I'm not... Right, but... But that, also him him, that puts him in the main event, though. That puts him with the WWE Championship in the main event. But 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 Jeff dropped the tower to Edge. It was it was he Edge's match. But though, I'm right? saying, but you know, he's laying a path there. He's laying right. a linear path to get him to the main event. I'm just. I'm but, just but, but 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 I think I think Triple H would have been in the main event regardless because it was the World Heavyweight Title, right? No, it's the WWE Championship. It was Jeff's championship that he was fighting for in the main event. From, from Edge? Saying. No, from Randy Orton. Randy Orton won it. From Edge, oh, did then, he did like yeah. where right after Royal Rumble? Yeah, they won it in, from the build to the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. Oh boy! Okay, <laughs> to quote your good friend Ron Killings, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that's that's one of those things too. Like, I mean, there were so many title changes in in such a mm-hmm. short amount of time. I can't keep up with all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I think we might have just uncovered something here. In putting pieces together. Because, uh, look, we covered this on our Jeff Hardy wins the title episode. Call on a spade a spade again. 
Paul Levesque was not into the idea of giving Jeff Hardy a championship run. And it doesn't necessarily mean it was personal, but he right. was putting the business side first. But then in this main event, it's the WWE championship. Triple H is the champion and he defeats Randy Orton by pinfall. Sorry, it was Triple H beating Edge rather not not Randy Orton beating him. Uh, I think I misspoke earlier. Um, so Triple H is positioning himself, whether it's purposefully or not, He's positioning himself to be the WWE champion at WrestleMania. If you subscribe to this belief, interesting. Okay, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, that, that's uh, some homework I didn't do for this episode. I was just focused on my, myself and Jeff's stuff. I'm not a politician, brother. I'm probably, too, I'm probably too selfless. I'm lucky I've done as good as I have done in the business. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying, if we're gonna do the work here, we're gonna do the legwork, and we're gonna. Uh, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means, but but something doesn't line up there. I'm just saying. But ultimately, it works out because you get a WrestleMania match with Jeff. I mean, well, if all if all the pieces are out there, usually you can put them together and kind of see the clear image. Exactly, exactly. I mean, truthfully, the big highlighting match of this entire WrestleMania card is Rey Mysterio retiring JBL in 21 seconds. But that's a uh, it's neither here nor there. That's a tapestry if I've ever heard of one. Well, hell, in my opinion, it was outstanding. <laughs> now, Matt, I know I get to ask you a lot of questions on the extreme life of Matt Hardy here. So I'm going to ask you a question about how you enjoy this nice weather, if you don't mind me asking. Uh, do you guys get out there? Do you grill? Do you do any like outdoor cooking of any sorts? We do. We love to throw something on the old grill and cook outside. Uh, that's one thing my wife and my kids love. They do love the spring and the summer because we can be outside. We cook outside. We eat outside. Sometimes we move the whole operation down by the pool, cook out there. So, yes, we do enjoy that. The beauty of that is you can find food that is seasonally appropriate, right? Like you're yeah. not always eating summer food in the winter. You're not eating spring food in the fall. It doesn't match up. And we know how much your wife puts emphasis on fall in particular. So we're keeping things clean here in the spring. And with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip the trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that is why it is America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime this spring by delivering pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-prepare recipes right to your door. You can skip all those checkout lines and get outside in the warmer weather because HelloFresh has dinner covered. I know Rebby Hardy is not one to enjoy waiting in lines at the grocery store. No, no, no. Have there been any encounters at the grocery store? Once in a while, there's encounters at the grocery store, especially <laughs> if uh, people get a little too excited. If they happen to run into me or they run into her and they, they recognize us, she's like, look, I'm just in here trying to shop. I have a lot of mouths to feed. This guy with <laughs> children, all these people. Look, I go crazy. I get out of the house. Leave me alone. Let me shop. Well, guess what, Matt? She doesn't have to worry about that anymore because with HelloFresh, you're cutting all that out. You can spend less time in the kitchen as well with quick and easy meals like HelloFresh's fast and fresh pineapple chicken tacos mm -hmm. or falafel power bowls ready in 15 minutes or less. You know I'm not having pineapple on pizza, but you're telling me I'm going to throw them on some chicken tacos? I am right. all about that. Are you a taco guy? We've never talked about this. Oh, of course. I love some tacos. You're kidding me? I'm all about it. I'm here for tacos. And I got to tell you, HelloFresh, that has been... Queen Rebecca's salvation. 
she loves it. It's a very easy way to prepare food. And there's a lot of food preparation going on with all these mouths we do have to feed. That's because HelloFresh keeps your taste buds on their toes with 40 recipes and more than 100 seasonal convenience items to choose from each week, not month, each week. So it's so much variety. There are options for everyone and every lifestyle from King Maxwell all the way down to Gothic Baby. And we want to help you out here at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash Extreme 50 and use code Extreme 50. Ready for this? 50% off plus your first box ships absolutely free. My mind is blown. 50% off? Jesus Christ. I'm going to jump on this and order the maximum amount of HelloFresh that I can. <laughs> Even the house hardy, which is in the forest, as your wife would say, you're still yes. getting that first box shipping free. That is HelloFresh.com slash Extreme 50. Use code Extreme 50 for 50% off plus your first box ships absolutely 100% free. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. So in the past, you guys have teased feuds in WWE with one another. We've hit on it briefly yeah. at the end of 2001 mm -hmm. it was looking like they were going to split you guys and even before that there were some teases too but it didn't really seem like there was that much interest for a jeff versus matt feud you said it before people like seeing the hardy boys together yeah so why was now the time for this i mean we had matured as performers we were confident and we had established ourselves enough as singles performers that we could actually do this now like you said you know, Jeff had, had been on a great run doing single stuff from when he first came back. We won the tag titles again. And, like, they kept saying over and over, like, as a tag team, you guys have done everything you can do multiple times over, really. You know, you've been champion multiple times. You've innovated all these matches that are going to be a cornerstone of pro wrestling. You know, and, like, you've done stuff in la with ladders and tables that other people never have. Like, you've really done everything you can do as a tag team. And it, there was some legitimacy to that. Mm -hmm. You know, so then they gave us these opportunities to do single stuff. Jeff was – Came back, did a great U.S. title run. I had a great U.S. title feud against MVP, great U.S. title one. Uh, then I had my ECW championship run. You know, and we had really established ourselves as singles competitors. And I think we were both very confident in, in our roles as performers at that time. And we knew if there was a time we could really clash and try and make it as believable and as feasible as possible, the time was then. Well, Jeff's championship run is not for long, as we said. At the Royal Rumble, after you lose to Swagger in a rematch – you turn on Jeff, you hit him with a steel chair and you allow Edge to beat him to win the WWE championship. Pretty huge moment. And yeah. and not just for the fact that you turn on your brother, but you're also helping the man who you had your most heated feud with. There's a lot of symbolism going on here. What do you think of the execution and deciding to do it in this moment? And how much more impactful do you think it made the moment that it was Edge that you were helping of all people? Well, I'm even taking a step back. I, I thought the stuff I did with Jack Swagger right in the very beginning was great as well. Uh, because really all they gave a shit about in that match is when I lost the rematch, they wanted me to sit on the stairs and show frustration. Mm -hmm. but that was great. You know, my brother is getting, you know, all this praise globally for being the world champion. And now I get my chance to win the ECW title back and, and I lose again and I'm down on myself. I'm, I'm 
dejected. I feel like a failure. And, and I think that's even a great impetus to decide to turn on Jeff. And then when I come out, I loved how we set that up. Like I remember specifically, this was my idea. I said, if Vicky's outside the ring, I said, I should grab Vicky and roll her in. Like I'm trying to neutralize her because she'd been cheating on Jeff's behalf. And then I got the chair and I'm like, yeah, come on, brother. Let's, uh, let's destroy this guy that, that is like my worst enemy and one of your worst enemies as well. And then we pull the trigger. I thought doing it in there with Adam was so brilliant because nobody would ever see that coming. You know, it, it, it was one of those moments where you could hear a pin drop and the crowd like, <sighs> you know, but there was that instant where they're like, I can't believe this. Matt Hardy just betrayed his brother and, and, and helped his worst enemy, his blood enemy edge. So all that was done really, really right, man. I think, I think WWE did an amazing job with this path of programming us to work one another. And, and I, I will put over their creative process on their end. You know, we added in what we could, but this, this structure was, was theirs, you know, from Vince on down, you know, so I thought they did a great job with everything. We'll talk about this over the course of this episode. It's a very soap opera y storyline. I think any storyline that involves family is generally pretty soap opery. This mm -hmm. one definitely is. But as you said, there are moments in it like this that are really just great traditional pro wrestling storytelling at, at, at its core. Right. And we do get elements of that. The next month, it's going to be very story heavy for you. You actually hardly wrestle at all, even on house shows. You're not even wrestling. What was that doing on the house shows? Promos? I, I'm not entirely sure what you were doing on the house shows, but yeah. I was going to ask you, were you totally healthy or resting up to mania? Or was I, it just I was, I, keep you I, I, I was healthy. I, I think it was just they were, uh, I think they were just working really hard to keep hill heat on me. Because yeah. once again, just because of my history with the Hardy Boys and just because of our you know popularity, it's real easy for me to become a babyface and people start cheering. Yeah. I mean, there were some times when, even during that turn, I remember – working sometimes against people that were like lower baby faces and I would still get cheered. You know, mm -hmm. that happened during the Manitude time too also, you know, so it, it's, I, I get the work. You have to put in work to, to be a heel. Even like so many people would get pissed off the big money Matt, but I would like try and go out of my way to like do things that would make them dislike me, you yeah. know? And, and there's so many of the diehard outspoken entitled people just, Oh my God, this big money mat has go away heat. But I mean, you've got to do something to get people go away. heat. that's not even a real thing. Uh, it, it really, it really isn't. I mean, there's some people that they might not like watching, but like go away heat. I don't think that's a real thing. Just, just so you guys know out there for all the F5s. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's being a hill. I mean, you have to work your, you have to work hard. You have to bust your ass. As I'd said before, the, my favorite thing to say about being a heel is you have to relinquish your fear of being an asshole. People not thinking you're good. People not thinking you're cool. People shitting on you. And you have to be okay with that. You know, so right. as I'd gotten older, I, I definitely grew. And, and I was a much stronger person from my perspective of I can read bad shit about me and I just laugh about it. Whatever mm -hmm. you got. You have to know what's real and what's not. Yeah. From the Royal Rumble show to February 27th. You don't work a single match on TV, off TV, nothing, no, no matches at all. And when you do start working again, there are short matches against Kung Fu Naki, indeed. Mm -hmm. And you even, I think on one of them, they do a referee stoppage where you essentially knock him out. So it seems like they're trying to really channel the aggression of this newer Matt Hardy character. Yeah, I, I did something like that with Shane, too, Hurricane, if I'm not mistaken. Well, so that happens on TV, and we're going to yeah. get into that. 
here, but uh, they're having you even do it at house shows. So they're they're trying to show there's a new element of Matt Hardy here right. that is taken a little more seriously. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. So that takes us to the February 6th edition of SmackDown. And uh, Todd Grisham is interviewing Shane Helms. And he's talking to him because he knows that Shane is a close friend of both yours and Jeff. Right. And Shane says that at first he was as surprised as anybody, but he guesses in hindsight that he shouldn't have been because he's <laughs> known that that the whole time that between Matt and Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy was always the one who had the ego. And he doesn't think that at the Royal Rumble you became a new person. He thinks you simply revealed yourself as who you've been this entire time. A self-centered, egotistical jerk. Mm. The real me merely emerged. And then uh, he calls you out. You're out there in the ring. And you end up... Uh, well, actually, he, he goes and, and tries to fight back after you jump him. And it's an all-out brawl, and then you end up beating the living crap out of him. You butterfly his arm and his elbows, and you're knocking him unconscious. It's a pretty visceral segment that if you can go on to Peacock, you should go out of your way to check out. It's the February 6th episode. The referees come down. They take you off. I mean, you're in this, like, catatonic state. What's the ideology here behind a segment like this? It seems like me knowing you, you you'd be all about something like this. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, uh, I'm sorry, Shane. I'm very sorry. I do know at the end of this, he was very mad because I laid quite a few of those in. Ah. His elbows, he had bumps and bruises. A little stiffy, I remember, huh? I remember it had to be aggressive, so it, it, it was aggressive, so sorry. I remember I came back and I told, said, Shane, like, you all right, man? I get you anything? He said, you got me with everything. What the fuck? <laughs> sorry, boys. Uh, thank thank you, Shane. That? Thank you, Shane, for helping me out with that thing. Uh, and sorry, once again. You can kick my ass whenever you'd like. I, I, I was down down with that. And I, and I like that different direction, especially if I was going to get an opportunity to continue to, to, to move forward and do things even past Jeff up the card and whatnot. So uh, I, I like that. And I also felt if I do more striking, more holds, stuff like that, it's also good for my body because my body was, was starting to get a little beat up at that time. Although it wasn't all because of any injuries or whatever. I mean, it was just wear and tear for being sure. a pro wrestler and being – you know, almost 20 years deep at that point. What's up with that? Knocking <laughs> out your friend? Man. I like how you put that little southern slang on it, that southern slang. Shane's voice pops me all the time. Whenever I hear him, he always pops me. He, <laughs> he is hilarious on social media. His Twitter is great. I'm big Shane Helms fan. No matter how much we, we shit all over him on the show, I promise you, it's from a good place. Uh, so, yeah, that's a pretty big segment there, Matt. And, and it really does cement you as a vicious heel. And the next week, Jeff returns to TV. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very, th I mean, this is like pure WWE right here. Uh, he he comments in, in an in-ring interview that it's a very weird time for him. He wants to do bad things to bad people, but he still feels weird about it because Matt Hardy is my brother, which cues to a little video ominous music package that we get and he's running through your history together and he says that he's not the type of person who 
doesn't live in the past and he'll go to elimination chamber this coming Sunday, win back the WWE championship, whether Matt Hardy likes it or not. He's not going to face Matt Hardy at any point. Uh, what do you think of the added element here of Jeff adamantly refusing to face you? I, I, I mean, I, I thought it was a good twist on the story too. And, and I, I thought it made him a baby face and he's trying to do the sensible thing for our family that is, you know, remaining, especially for our father, who was all we had at that time, right? Um, so I, I didn't mind it. You know, I, I I remember thinking, like, we can do this, but if I push him too far, he definitely has to snap. And and I think we got there without dragging it out too long where it made him look look soft or look weak. So I, I thought it was – he was coming from a point of compassion for the Hardy family. So I was okay with that. I, I didn't mind that. Yeah, well, he does go to the elimination chamber. And he's eliminated in that match by The Undertaker, so he doesn't win. And then on SmackDown, he has a barn burner of a match with Edge. And he's about to beat him. But then there's a twist of fate by you to cause the DQ. This is a pretty heralded TV match for that time. I, I remember this match watching it. And a lot of people were talking about how good of chemistry Edge and Jeff had together as singles guys. What did you think of their chemistry together as singles competitors? They've obviously wrestled hundreds of times before that. Yeah, no, it was great. They were they were phenomenal together. You know, I, I feel like you take Matt, Jeff, Edge, Christian, you interchange anybody, and everybody really had good chemistry with, with the other people. Yeah. Uh, wh- why do you think they had good chemistry as singles competitors? I, I, I think Adam was very smart. Edge was very smart in putting together matches. He had great psychology. Chris, Christian also has great psychology. But they really knew how to place Jeff's high spots in a certain place in the match that would optimize the reaction to it. And then on top of that, Adam was very good at being a heel. He's very good at being a piece of shit. So he knew how to incorporate his stuff and, and take fans on a ride. And then on top of that, they, they're both highly athletic, you know, and, and they know each other so well. We've got so much history. I mean, and that makes the match even all the more easier when you do have that much history. But it, it just it worked really well with those two because Adam knew exactly where to program Jeff stuff in. And he would – get sympathy on him by kick cheating and then kicking the shit out of him. And then he would have Jeff blow the roof off whenever he started making that comeback. He was very, very smart, a ring tactician in the ring. The following week on SmackDown, we get a really good segment. I mean, this is, this is good stuff. And I'm sure that you felt pretty good coming out of this one. You are actually granted a match against Jeff and you're ready to go and face him. You're in the ring and gear, ready to go. Jeff comes out in jeans and a flannel. He's not going to wrestle you. And he reiterates to you, he's not going to wrestle you. He wants to get over this phase. He realizes that he's done nothing to deserve any of this. He's not going to fight you because whether you like it or not, you are his brother. And (laughs) you just grab the mic and you say, I am not Jeff Hardy's brother. And uh, it's not as easy for you to just move past this. Because the entire time in WWE together, everything has revolved around Jeff. And you say, for once, it's about Matt Hardy. All the fans, you people, you make me <laughs> sick, you say. when they not, a, not a you people promo, you oh, people. Oh, you got it. You be- Let's talk about you people before we finish this. Uh, such a wrestling trope, but it is an iconic heel promo in its own right. Was anyone in WWE a big fan of the You People promo? It screams Vince to me. I, I think so. I mean, okay. Vince Vince was 
Vince was always someone to endorse shitting on the local audience, whatever it may be, you know, for, for whatever reason. I mean, he was, he definitely believed in being able to generate hill, uh, be, being able to generate hill heat and actually be a legitimate hill was, uh, was great business. And it made mm. people want to buy a ticket to see the Bayface kick their ass. So he, he was all about doing the you people. It's your people's fault. You know, he's all about it. You say that you had to swallow the fact that your career has been mediocre while Jeff's has skyrocketed to the top. It's very funny. Whenever whenever that uh, line was written, I think it was written different in a couple of ways. And there were some people who didn't want me to say it. I said, no, it's fine. I mean, I'm a heel. Okay. Uh, it, but, but, but there, and, and I get it. I mean, looking back, you know, uh, just there were some people who said like, you know, I've had a good career, but your career's been great. There was different options on the table table about that little bit of verbiage. I said, no, it's fine. I mean, I'm a hill. Like, fuck off. Whatever. I don't care. It's all right to kind of shit on yourself a little bit if it's going to help prove your point, I think. I'm glad and, that and, you have that self-awareness. Oh, oh yeah. But but also, at the, at the end of the day, too, you just have to remember in pro wrestling, like, you can, you know, say things like that, which some people, do, you know, might say, like, oh, my God, that's, like, bad for your brand. That would hurt you, this, that, and the other thing. But you kind of have to look at the big picture, too, of, like, where you're going with everything, what you're ultimately getting to, and also the the, the amount of money you're making, too. I mean, it's, you know, some, sometimes in, in pro wrestling, things like that where you even minimize yourself as a heel are even better for the story in the big scheme of things. Well, and on top of that, like, you are going to get your comeuppance, number one, and two – you're providing motivation for your character to feel this way. Because yeah, well, I, I'll be honest too. We didn't know who was going over at this WrestleMania match too, at this point too. We were having the match, but not until a few days out was it determined. Vince really liked the stuff I was doing as a heel. He thought I was doing great heel work. Sure, but, but I'm saying at the end of this feud, you know, Matt Hardy's not going to be the one walking away with the, the goal of this oh, feud right. is to elevate Jeff Hardy as a baby face and elevate Matt Hardy as a heel. And, in order Correct. to do that, the babyface has to come out on top in the end. Whether it's at WrestleMania or it's not, the babyface has to come out on top. And you know you're going to yeah. get to that point. But you have motivation now, Matt. Like Matt Hardy has done sure. self-reflection, and he feels that he's in the shadow of his brother. Mm -hmm. That's an easy story to follow. Yep. So you're telling Jeff to fight you. You're begging him. You're trying to goad him. Jeff is, like, not doing it. Then you slap the shit at him. I mean, it is a vicious. He's got red cheeks and everything, and Jeff leaves the ring shaking his head. And uh, this is great stuff, man. How'd you guys feel about this segment laying the groundwork for what's to come? Is that that's when I did the backhand, right? Yep, the backhanded slap. Boy, I slapped the shit out of him with that backhand, and he he knew it had to be laid into. He 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 manned up, but that that shit was hard. It was brutal. Uh, it was good. I, I remember liking that segment. It it felt very good. You could feel the energy. In the crowd, you know, that people were legitimately pissed, which is which is a good thing. Well, you know, what's interesting, too. This isn't something I don't think we've ever really talked about either. But you know, SmackDown in that era, there was so much pre-canned heat. And sorry, sorry to interrupt you, John, but I uh, just sorry. I keep going to my phone. A lot of kayfabe travel going on today, guys. So trying to keep up with it, you know, just to make tonight work right. You'll see later from future Matt. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Everything good. Everything's good. Everything's good. OK. Um, but what I was going to say is, uh, we haven't really talked about this very much from that time, but there's a lot of pre-canned heat and cheers on SmackDown at the time. It's a pre-taped show and it's heavily edited when it right. airs. And at the time as well, SmackDown, and I think you'd agree with this, was definitely the more kid-friendly show. There were a lot more kids in the audience right. at SmackDown than there were at Raw 
That's why Jeff Hardy appealed perfectly on SmackDown. So Mm -hmm. what were those reactions like in the arena live before we hear the canned heat and the cheers and everything? Were they really genuinely super invested in this? Yeah, no, the, the, the crowd really was like they, they were into what we were doing, which uh, made me very proud. You know, I, I really liked everything we had done up to that point. I thought everything was very believable and could feasibly happen in the context of the story we're, we're attempting to tell. So, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was all really, really good. And, and the crowd, the crowd was uh, the crowd was lively every night we were there cheering Jeff and, and booing me. And, and they did, they were getting to that point where they're like, Jeff, just snap, like to hell with this guy. Whip, whip your brother's ass. He's a real piece of shit. Well, a lot of parallels to the Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio that we just saw where everyone is waiting for Ray to finally just snap and put his hands yeah. on, on Dom. It's an effective, easy story to tell. And when you draw it out effectively as well, I mean, you're going to, you're going to pay it off in the right way. So I like that build on March 6th. You got a money in the bank qualifying match against MVP where you actually lose and you throw a fit because now you may not get a chance to face Jeff at WrestleMania like you've wanted to because you were down to face him in the money in the bank and put him away and then punch your ticket to a WWE championship match in the future. Jeff has a qualifying match against Sean Benjamin and here's how it goes down. I love this, Matt. This is so great. Um, so Jeff is about to win. Uh, he hits a whisper in the wind on Shelton, and you are ringside. You've come down. He hits a twist of fate on Shelton. You get in the ring. You stare your brother down face to face, and then you turn around and punch Shelton Benjamin in the face, causing a DQ and costing Jeff the match. He can't believe what he's seen. You are angrily staring back at him, and then you symbolically turn your back and wait for him to attack you because you're just trying to goad him. And when right. when Jeff doesn't attack you, you simply leave the ring knowing that at the very least you have cost Jeff a WrestleMania match. A lot of depth to this. Take me through all this. I, I, I like that. I think this was uh, one of those scenarios where both guys benefited for losing, especially in our story. You know, we do the deal where I'm a heel. It doesn't doesn't hurt me to lose, especially if it's to a quality opponent. And I'm doing MVP, especially with our history. So that works well. And then the fact that I know if Jeff goes into money in the bank, then I lose my opportunity to face him. And that's all I care about at this juncture is, is facing him. So I go down there and I cause him to get disqualified and open it up for Shelton to be in money in the bank. And it still gives me the opportunity to have Jeff on the table to fight him at WrestleMania because that's ultimately what I want. I want to fight him. At WrestleMania, on the grandest stage, on the showcase of the Immortals, and I want to beat him and prove that I'm the superior Hardy. I mean, that's what the that's the story we're trying to tell in the big scheme of things. In a nutshell, the whole turning your back on him, waiting for him to strike you down. There, there's like so many ancient Roman and biblical parallels there, just in classic storytelling. I even think like the Dark Knight, where the Joker's just like hit me, and Batman won't do it. It's so. We, we see it in storytelling all the time, but it's so effective. Right. How did you feel about just like sinking your teeth into that depth of storytelling? I know that storytelling is so important to you. Oh, I, I mean, I, I loved it. I, I remember thinking specifically like that was great storytelling we we're doing, you know, even with both of us losing it, that that wasn't the focus of the story we were telling. The, the, the focus of the story we're telling is Matt is so obsessed with defeating his brother and proving to be the superior Hardy that he'll do anything to get that opportunity. At WrestleMania, are you having any input on that? Is that creative on a segment like that? 
Yeah, I, that was creative's idea, and and I want to say that I, I'm sure I, the 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 intricate details of how we did it. I would imagine I worked with a producer, whoever's producing the match at that time, you know, and and we figured that out, and we tried to do it in the the slimiest way possible. And once again, you also try and do it when you have the crowd as high as possible, and Jeff's about to win, and you you, you think he secured a victory, and then take it away from him. You know, it's kind of like the mindset when you're trying to to optimize heel heat. So I, I'm sure that was me and whoever the producer was for that segment working in unison to to come up with that scenario. How's Jeff feeling about all this stuff? Is, is he just kind of along for the ride? Is he contributing ideas here? Because he is the baby he, face that the fans have to get behind at the end. Of the he he was, and he he did. He he liked he liked the story, and he he was into it. And he could, I mean, you, we could feel it in the crowd too. It's like really the first time that Matt and Jeff Hardy have been feuding with one another, and it's like a blood feud, a blood rivalry, and then uh, like legitimately because we're blood brothers. But then the the crowd is also into it. You know, they're they're picking up what we're putting down. So he was he was very proud of that as well. Now we get to talk about something that I know you and I have been waiting to talk about for a very long time on this podcast. March thirteenth, two thousand nine episode of SmackDown, you're antagonizing Jeff in the ring. He's not out there, it's just you. And you've got his dog's collar. And you may recall everyone that Jeff suffered a real life loss in the spring of 2008 where there was a house fire and his dog in real life was killed and you're more or less taking credit for burning the house down and you're holding the dog collar it's very morbid Uh, what did you think of the creative direction behind this do you remember who pitched this in the first place you're taking credit for all the things that have gone wrong including the as you alluded to earlier, him being laid out in the stairwell, this seems like it might have crossed a bridge too far here. Yeah, and I know I've told you that in some of our conversations as well. This this felt like the the first time that it seemed like maybe not feasible to happen because it was pretty heavy. And I, I want to say it was a it was a writer that came up with this and pitched to Vince, and then Vince. Uh, sold off on it and he was okay with it. And I remember speaking to him like, oh, you think this might be a little too far? That was a question I just want to ask him like, because people really believe this thing, you know, that I am jealous of Jeff and I'll do anything to get this match and prove that I'm the superior Hardy. But is is this taking it a little too far saying that I burnt down his house and, and killed his dog? Like I, I can see, you know, creating some sort of pyro accident that's not going to kill him or, you know, trying to run him off the road or scare him or whatever, but just like burning his house down with him in it and actually killing his dog, which is a real thing. That might be a little too much. And I, I want to say like, you know, I thought with, with the angle in storytelling, it might be jumping the shark, you know, it mm-hmm. might, might be a little too much. Um, but he, he said, I mean, it's reality. He said, and it's something we can work with. And I, I think it's going to work. It just all depends on how you, you play it off. He said, you know, you just have to kind of commit to it. And I think it, it can really add a lot of heat to you. And I said, okay, if you want to do it, I will do my damnedest to, to make it work. I'll give it my, my total effort. It, it just it was a it felt really weird doing it, you know. And I just remember when they, they took a dog collar and they were burning it. It just it all felt so weird, like so wrong. I mean, but, how Jeff how Jeff feel about it? Um, Je- Jeff being laid back like he is, he's like, okay. I mean, if you guys want to do it, that's fine. But I do remember the the promo. If that's when he came out and finally attacked me, right? Yeah, uh-huh. we're gonna get into uh, that. I I do know there was a, a a cold open where they did a video and they showed his dog in there. And Jeff said he got so emotional, 
And like he was about to cry in gorilla whenever he saw that. And they said, okay, you got to be fired up. You got to be fired up. And he's like, I can't be fired up. He said, like, I'm sad right now. He said, like, I mean, I'm going to go to the ring like sad and mad. I mean, that's just, that's how I am. And that's how I really feel, you know, but they had at one point he said, my race said, all right, go out there. You got to be fired up. You're going to kick ass. And he's like, I can't be fired up. I just saw this video of my dog that I love dearly that, you know, burnt down in my house and I lost everything I've had in my house, you know? So it, it, it was a little tough on him with that. And, uh, maybe a little bit out of the realm of believability, but we tried to make the most of what we had to work with. How much do you remember that fire affecting Jeff? Well, I remember it affecting me because I was at my house and, you know, we live through the woods mm-hmm. and I could see this crazy light going on over there. And then I was trying to call Jeff, no answer. And then I drove over to his place and I went to his house and the whole house was engulfed in flames. You know, and you can imagine, I, I don't know, are they in there? I, and I'm running up and like, I'm, I'm trying to knock on the door. I'm yelling, I'm hitting the door, trying to knock it in and it's burning out. And it's just, then like later I get a call from Jeff on my cell and he, they were out, like out grocery shopping late or whatever. It was dark. I remember it was eight, nine o'clock. Um, but I was terrified. I didn't know if my brother and his, what you know, and his wife, girlfriend were in there at that time. So that was obviously horrifying. It was very mentally scarring to me, especially showing up there. It was terrifying. You can only imagine how how I felt and how my heart dropped when I, you know, got up this house and the whole thing was engulfed in flames. So it, it was really really hard on Jeff. Uh, the 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 dog was the most sad thing because Jeff is a big dog lover and that dog he was super close with, super close with. I mean, he's he's one of those massive dog lovers, and. You know, the reality of it was he was living in a house for the next eight or nine months after that while he rebuilt a new house. You know, so it was uh, it, it was it was definitely a sad night. It was very mentally scarring to me just thinking that I, ha- I was going to lose my brother in this fire. Like when I got there, it was terrifying, terrifying. And the, the fact that I'll never get the sigh of relief when I heard back from him that he wasn't in there, just that he was OK. And I just said, I just remember saying, dude, your house, it's, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And he's like, what, what? And I remember them rushing back and there were firefighters, fire trucks coming in at that time. Like, oh, that was just such a crazy night. It just doesn't seem real in so many ways. So obviously that was a, a massive event in his life. So just to, to turn that into an angle was, it was heavy and it was very challenging to do too. But like, once again, they they really wanted us to, to run with this idea. So we just tried to, to make the most of it. And we, we did what we could do with it. Wrestling can be great when you lean into real life and help it fuel your stories. But I, I do feel there is somewhat of a line when you're talking about something very traumatic where there was legitimate loss of life here. Sure, it was a dog, but it was someone very close to Jeff and something that he very much cared about. And it's legitimate loss of life. I, something just seems a little icky about that. And on top of that, too if we're giving you the implied credit for trying to murder your brother and burn his house down, like, first off, we know there's only one Hardy that burns houses down and it ain't you and it ain't Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) NWA, but there's, it's almost like there's no coming back for that. You guys are lucky. The diehard podcast people are going to pop on that reference. John, that was really well played. Thank you. Thank you. I let it play out here. (laughs) Extreme life of Matt Hardy, but, but listen, like seriously, Coming back from an angle where your brother tried to murder you and burn your house down, 
you're fortunate that you were able to because that's that's a pretty big shark that's jumped as you alluded to like undertaker and kane fine they're supernatural creatures it's whatever they're wizards who burn shit down right but i don't know you guys are real brothers and just something just seems i don't know i I think you lucked out matt that you guys were able to come back from that truthfully but uh yeah so jeff this is great you you run him down and you've got the dog collar and jeff comes out he calls you sick twisted and demented and then he says, and so am I. And so am I. And he attacks you. The crowd is super hot for it. And I guess. Shit out of me there, too. Oh, did he? He laid him in? He was laying him in, man. That's your, what goes around comes around. For he was that emotionally back. supercharged. Yeah, man. You, you got your receipt for that backhand, I guess, in, in that moment in time. Yeah, right. But great reception. You guys got to feel pretty good about where you're headed coming out of a segment like that, even with all the morbidity. Yeah, I mean, we we did. I like that segment. That's one of my my favorite promos of us together too, and just the physicality even into is just very tight, very good. Um, you know, once again, we're making the most out of whatever we have to work with. That's yeah. what uh, that's what pro wrestlers do. And uh, this is eventually going to become an extreme rules match. Did you know from the onslaught this was going to be an extreme rules match? Yes, yes. We we had talked about that earlier on. They, they were going to put us in our environment, which we were very happy about. And it kind of feels befitting of the feud as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is appropriate. It's it's not like we got a lot of that at WrestleMania in the past, so this was kind of breaking some ground here. I like that, too. Each win a couple of TV matches to heat you up, headed to Houston, and that gets us to Reliance Stadium, 72,744 people. The anniversary of it was... A week ago, again, we kind of pivoted to react to the current events, but it was a week ago, the anniversary. Kind of fitting, Matt, the same city that you and Jeff really became megastars with TLC2, as we covered on the past episode a couple weeks yeah. ago. It'll always be the Astrodome to me, damn it. <laughs> well, it's a totally different venue here. Uh, the Astrodome no longer in use at this point in time as it just sits in the corner. And to this day, by the way, I don't know if you've been by the area, but the Astrodome still sits today. Yeah, vacant, still there vacant, yeah. Standing but not operating. Uh, this this is kind of uh, appropriate, man. You guys are going to have this big match, huge card, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, as you alluded to. What do you remember the day of feelings being like headed into this match? It, I mean... It felt like there were a lot of pressure. They tried to make this match into a big deal. I know like the last four days leading up to it, Mania, they followed both myself and Jeff and they did these photos where they would pose. They would post like opposing photos of us and like what we're doing on our collective days to to build the match, which was really cool. They were on black and white. I, I think you can still go back to the WWE website and look those up. And, and those are really cool too. You see, you know, the look of envy and jealous in my eyes and like I'm working real hard and training real hard, getting ready for this match. And Jeff's doing the same. And you see Jeff on the phone, he's actually talking to my dad and I wouldn't take a call because our dad doesn't want us to, to wrestle. And it's funny because in real life too, I remember our dad said like, Holy shit. When's this, when's this shit going to be over? He said like, I, I get, I get tired of seeing you guys fight on TV all the time. Like it. I said, oh, hopefully not too hopefully not too long hopefully we'll be done like maybe a month after this match Dad. did they ever pitch the idea of getting the legend involved in the feud we had talked about it and he just wasn't a big traveler at that time too and and i think if we would have been near where we live somewhere in north carolina 
and things would have worked out to be convenient, we, we would probably put him in there and he would have done something because he was, he, he loved to get on TV. He loved to like be in the spotlight, whatever he said, it, you know, the, all the young women will want to talk to him then when they know he's the Hardy boys, daddy, but like, yeah, just, just, just traveling that far away, obviously wasn't something we we're going to do, but we did, we like incorporate him. I remember there was one promo that we did where Jeff was talking to him and he's, you know, and he's like, you know, well, you know, I, I don't want to do this, but, you know, Matt has pushed me into this. You know, Matt has pushed me into this. So I just got to do what I got to do as a man. Uh, so it, it, he, he was part of the story, just in the big scheme of thing. I mean, I, I feel like he's the reason Jeff didn't want to fight me. And he was doing everything he could not to, you know, shame the Hardy family name, you know, while I was being an asshole about everything. So, yeah, our, our dad kind of played a little bit of a role in it. But he also, in real life, he's like, oh, I just... I don't like seeing you guys fight on TV. I'll be glad when this shit's over. I remember he said that several times throughout the throughout the feud. Just seems natural, and I'm actually really surprised they didn't do this. That they would have gone down to Cameron and filmed something with your dad and going yeah. through the years with your brother. I, I think that could have been a really effective tool in telling yeah. that story. And I was pretty surprised that they didn't do that. But yeah, that that gets us to this. And uh, I think it's time, Matt. You ready to watch this match back? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. You know, Matt, I noticed when Brother Nero made his return to TV this week, he was looking good. He's looking slim. He had some extra pep in his step. And I think I know why. Would you like to enlighten everyone? I smartened him up to AG1s. Hell yeah, you did. Because with AG1, it's just one delicious scoop. And you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of those things. And you know when your brother Nero, you're exotic, you're a bit of a rock star, sometimes you need to be kept in check. How's AG1 helping him do that? Uh it is definitely helping him do that. It starts his day off right. It gives him enough energy to get through that workout. And as you can see, he's been eating very healthy. He's been eating very clean. He's been living very healthy. He's been living very clean. And AG1 is just like the cherry on top for him. Tons of people are taking some kind of multivitamin. So why wouldn't you choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body's actually going to absorb? AG1 it also is, tastes great, too. And it tastes great, too. AG1 is a small micro habit with big-time benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. It supports better sleep quality. It supports recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness, which Lord knows I need every single day, uh, let alone when we're taping this podcast so we can bring you a great episode of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy every single week. It's one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So right now, and I mean right now, when Matt Hardy? Right now? Right now. It's right now. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. It's just all in one, and we want to make it easy for you. So, Athletic Greens has paired with the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And how many free travel packs with your first purchase? There is five, Cinco, five, Cinco, five free travel packs. All you got to do. Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash Hardy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
And for those of you who are joining on Peacock, this is starting from right when the video package ends. So the video package has just ended and we're getting a panning shot of the crowd. We're going to start this in five, four, three, two, one, begin. And we are off to the races here, Matt. Justin Roberts is going to be introducing this match, this extreme rules match between you and Jeff. I know there's a story here, and we can get into it while you're making your entrances. This match was slated for more time, was it not? It was. We got uh, either four or five minutes cut off this match, which uh, we, we were both very upset about. And after the match ended, Jeff actually, we came back and everybody was happy with the match. Standing ovation. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, He, like, marched up to Vince and had had words with him. He's like, that was bullshit. Like, you know, this was a big deal. And we had four or five more minutes and we should have had it. There's no reason we shouldn't have. Something about Jeff in Houston, Texas, man. He gets gets very passionate about things. I mean, it was was the most I'd ever seen him fire up to Vince at that point. Really? Yeah. Interesting. What? Why do you? Why did it get cut? To to give more time to other matches, probably Sean Taker. You know, Sean Taker and Triple H match went very long on this show. It, 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 it went to those matches then. That's Sean, that's sort of Sean Taker went thirty forty four and Triple H Orin went twenty four thirty five. If I, if I'm not mistaken, we were supposed to have like twenty minutes, I think, for everything, and our match ended up being. A little over 13 minutes. 13 minutes, right? Yeah. yeah so that, I mean, with entrances, probably a minute in, minute and a half, whatever. We we lost four to five minutes because we were supposed to have uh, initially like 20, 21 minutes. And it makes sense. It's an extreme rules match. It's a big blood feud blow off. Yeah. Very fascinating. We, we ended up chopping out something. We were going to fight out by the edge of the crowd, and there was going to be a big spot where Jeff got thrown off a balcony through some tables, and we ended up having to chop all that stuff out. Wow. And we, he, he was very upset about that, too. He really wanted to do that because I was going to kind of set the heat in on him or have him in jeopardy for part of the match. Well, we're off to the races with just right away. You guys, oh, he shatters that yeah. poster over your head. Yeah. Uh, right away, we're, we're brawling. And I think that's a good way to start this match. It kind of has to be that way. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, it's so personal this time. There's there's no other way than to start throwing fists at the beginning. Start throwing fists and start trying to take each other out with objects. Tell us about the decision to switch up the gear here. Uh, I mean, once again, I was fully committed to to being a heel, uh, and and then I just I wanted to look totally different, you know. So that that's why I uh, went ahead and went back to tights and started rocking a different look with tights. And I got that jacket, and and if you don't know that that jacket, which I debuted there at WrestleMania 25, that became like the broken Matt Hardy street clothes jacket, which I used later. It was an old beat up jacket. But I dug that. I just found it randomly, and I thought it looked so cool. And it was it was going to be my ring jacket with the with my black tights. Michael Hayes put this match together with you guys. He was uh he was our producer on this this deal. Yeah, so the three of us worked in in concert in concert to put this thing together. That had to be pretty special. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It always was. Uh, working with Michael Hayes was always a uh, always a pleasure, man. Ooh. What a sweet poetry in motion. What a yeah. perfect landing! How he just hit right there. But but it is it's very evident. You guys are you're moving. Yeah yeah no yeah we we definitely are moving. I mean there's there's once again looking back at this there are times where I wish we would have sold stuff more much like the tables match at Royal Rumble 2000. You know but like you know they they 
tried to put the they tried to rein us in, you know, and cut us four or five minutes. We still wanted to still get the bulk of our stuff in. Obviously, we had to cut out that one big spot because it was going to take 45 seconds to get to it. Then it would had it taken, you know, a, a minute to do it or whatever. But it would have been a great part of the story, especially like really putting Jeff in jeopardy by this big, crazy bump. And this was Extreme Rules. So that's kind of people want to see a stunt show here from the Hardy Boys, from Team Extreme. They want to see them do extreme, crazy stuff. I remember this thing was like randomly underneath the ring. I said, I'll just use it. <laughs> Shot back. I've never seen I've never seen it done before, brother. It's a way to sell to Vince. It's never been done before. It's the first time ever. Vince was very big on first time ever. So that's mm -hmm. the that's a good way to sell them on a concept. Now we're into the heel heat here pretty early again we're we're into this i i did love the chair shot on the whisper in the wind i thought that was cool yeah i uh i nailed his uh his uh coccyx in that mm. i uh, i was happy i got him as good as i did though it's very hard to hit something when it's moving that fast and it's just so random and if i'm not mistaken too i don't even know i think we changed the format of the match just a little bit once we lost all that time where we didn't get like a really solid session of like him in, in jeopardy. I feel like we try and go back and forth a little more than, than, uh, than we were originally going to. I feel like he was going to be a little more in jeopardy. And I guess we'll watch this match back and I'll be able to confirm or deny that. But we, we did, you know, obviously we were trying to hit all the spots we thought about. We had a, a really creative thing and then we had to change the format a little bit because we lost a huge chunk of time. How did you feel about that? Because you just said Jeff got heated. I know, you're a passionate person, but you're also level-headed. So how right. were you feeling when it got cut? It, uh, extremely frustrated. Even earlier in the day when we heard that, at least we heard the change a lot earlier in the day. So uh, so that, that way we didn't have to, like, you know, change it as we're going through the curtain as we have done in the past. I don't know. Maybe this – maybe we did just get to this. Maybe this is where we're getting the heat because I've, I've been in control of Jeff here for, like, a, a little over a minute now. It's one of my favorites. Stretch the guys back over the pole. Yeah. I do like to break that out every every so often. If I'm working over some somebody's back, are you getting bad. are you getting some flashbacks here in the moment to those old Omega days working against your brother three times a night, getting a chance yeah. to do these crazy matches like this? Yeah, we we would do Surge versus Wolverine, then we would do Executioner versus Will of the Wisp, and then we do Billy Jack Tompkins versus Mysterio. Have three matches. We'd have a show in a box, brother. <laughs> um, no, this I mean, this was just cool, man. This was surreal for us, you know, because this really was legitimately like one of our dreams to wrestle one another on a, on a WrestleMania, and you know, being this huge venue and a huge WrestleMania, this was was very very cool. And here you go, you see me positioning one of the tables that I will later be sandwiched in, and uh, we get in, we tease it. That way, it uh, helps Brother Nero's job there of not having to do quite as much work to get it all together. What are you guys trying to accomplish in a match like this? What kind of message are you trying to send to your audience? I mean, once again, we're trying to we're trying to make it look as if it's very personal. Uh, now, like you know, the gloves are off, and we're both trying to really hurt one another. And then on top of that, too, I'm just trying to be aggressive and and look like I am trying to prove myself as the superior Hardy. But also, I have in the back of my mind that I'm a a hill and it's my job to make Jeff shine like still whatever I do regardless of how good it is Jeff needs to look be better his needs to look better be more important <laughs> you have Jeff with two objects in his hands swing and that's never a good a never good son never a good son I'll tell you I, I haven't been hit with a lot of weapons in my indie career but I have been hit with kendo sticks and the sting 
that you get from those things. Oh, I do yeah. not. I do not envy being shot after shot after shot. Right, 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 right. How does this stuff feel? Let, let the crowd know you're you're in you're inside a garbage can being swung at here. How does that feel? Uh, that that one was okay. It was impactful. I have an arm up there blocking my face. Uh, th- this was that was pretty aggressive too, but it was still okay. I still had my arm up blocking my face. Once again, uh, cal- calculated risk. As you see, we take one of the ultimate calculated risk here in a little bit, which usually we've got a pretty good percentage of being safe, but not always. Sometimes those calculated risk end up going awry. Is that Jack Doan there, the referee? Uh, let me let me look at him. Here. I, I think it is. Yeah, that is Jack Doan. You like working with Jack? Yeah, yeah. Jack was always good. He was always he was always on top of stuff. He was always a, a good communicator, which especially in an environment like this at WrestleMania. When uh you know it's a live show and and you have x amount of minutes, you need someone to be communicating and give you the time as often as possible. As long as he's not holding any ladders. <laughs> yeah, as long as he's not holding any ladders, and I don't think he will. Kick to the gut, twist yeah. of fate. Like I know we we were hoping this would have been a lot later. You know, this is now going into like our fosses and into the finish. We're going home now. Like I, I want to say him. Missing that Swantown was the beginning of kind of the, the comeback series. It is actually remarkable how quickly you guys are just burning through this match. Yeah. Well, now you understand the reasoning for it. We lost four or five minutes. I, my memory doesn't let me recall exactly, but we lost four or five minutes right right from the jump, you know. When in the day did you find out? You said it was earlier. Yeah, I want to say it was probably – Two, three o'clock. Okay. So you did have ample time to prepare. That's good. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. I mean, unlike, you know, the Royal Rumble table match. I mean, that was literally 15 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes before we went out that we heard that. And that, that kind of, that puts you in like, oh my God, you know, puts you in a frenzy. What are we going to do? We literally have to change the structure of stuff. And then, you know, we just said, like, let's just burn through our stuff. Chair shot to the head. This is 2009. This is post Benoit. Did you guys get any heat for that? Nope, not at all. There, there wasn't, there wasn't any heat on doing chair shots to the head at that time. And we, I was going to be laying here, and I, I remember that was my suggestion to Jeff at the time. Jeff said, "Yeah, that's a good call because I have to lay here for a minute for him to get another table." And once again, I almost feel like the aggressiveness of it fit and that was a that was a, a really good one the way if you notice jeff swings kind of to the side he like hit my head and like skimmed off of it as opposed to like compacting my head and brain down it's like grazing across it rather than yeah on top. yeah mm-hmm. and it may, it may it made a noise but it, it you know and you, you feel it obviously but it's nowhere near as bad as just someone like trying to like they're trying to drive a nail in with a hammer if someone hits you just straight down those are the worst chair shots all right who's coming up with this table contraption spot here uh, Jeff and I both came up with this. Um, so this is something that we had talked about doing on the Indies at one time and we never did. And we said, well, if you're going to do it, I guess we should do it at WrestleMania for the first time ever. The, uh, table sandwich. So if you look at this, you know, Jeff is, he's going to go through the one and then put me through the other table. But if you think about it, this table on top, it could break. And if, uh, we'll watch. First, I got to say, thank you, Jeff. Jeff did that as safe as humanly possible, and, and he like almost overshot it. 
uh, so that he didn't like go directly down through me. Because when that top table breaks, I mean, in theory, it looks like the breaking of the wood could like impale totally you through yeah. your heart. So if you notice too, the chair is on top of me. So I just told Jeff, I said, dude, all I ask, just put that chair over my internal organs. I'll hold my hands over my junk and then rock and roll, man. My face was out. I said, and we'll, you know, we'll hope for the best. So once again, it was a calculated risk and we were right. That hurt Jeff more than hurt me, actually. I was going to bring that exact point up that the chair was there covering your chest and covering your, like you said, your internal organs. As it, as it just plays, cover my internal organs. It's like, it's like body armor almost. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that's, that's one of the things. I mean, the, the first thing you think, you're like, oh, my God, that table breaks. And it's like coming down right into like his heart and his chest. I do not like a rope break in an Extreme Rules match, Matt. Mm, well, I don't like at that. At least you're mad at the hill. <laughs> I don't know. That seems a little contrived there. That's <laughs> So Jeff can do anything he wants to you, but then when you get your foot on a rope, we have to end it. <laughs> there you have it. All maybe, right. maybe, maybe that could be uh you know something we could do if it, there's an extreme rules match uh there's no rope breaks yeah, yeah. pinfalls i don't think there should be but maybe if you and ethan page someday have an extreme rules match yeah, maybe you should write that into the contract that there's no rope breaks that uh that uh definitely was a, a good way to take uh, insane spot and continue the match and yeah. also kind of piss people off as well. Well, it's WrestleMania, so Jeff Hardy's got to have a ladder. Well, of course, yes. Broken out a big one here. I mean, that's it. That's in his contract. He has to have a match on his ladder every six weeks or else. <laughs> or else something gets burned down. So here we go. He's leveraging the ladder near you. The two ladders. Yeah. WrestleMania ladder, the one on the right. Right. So, I mean, Jeff, Jeff, after he first did that ladder leapfrog, he fell in love with that concept. You know, and that's where we got to right here. And I, I can tell you something right here. The ref had just said, uh, your time is done. He said, you, you got to go home. You got to go home. And he had told me when I was down there before, he said, if, when Jeff misses this, they just said, cover him. <sighs> That that was brutal. That 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 was very hard on Jeff. And I, I told Jeff right there when I roll across, I said, fuck them. Let's do the finish. He's telling Jeff, hey, tell me to cover you. Tell me to cover you. Tell me to cover you. And I said, no, man. Our finish is a twist of hate. You've taken too much from us. And this is one of the only times that Jeff and I we ever totally denied what we're being told from Vince and Gorilla. And like the match can't end on that. That's, that's one of the great things, even even talking with Jeff yesterday, that he said, oh, yeah, remember they were telling us to go home after the big leg drops to just have you cover them, said it's a great hill finish. And I was just like, no, nah, fuck that. So we're still doing it. I mean, this is brutal right here. Twist of yeah. hate in the chair. I mean, that, 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 was, that was the first twist of hate. That was the origin of this move, you know. So we, we, we were going to do that, and we were determined. Like, you'd already taken – Five minutes from us. You'd already taken a bunch of spots out of our match. We're not changing it. We're we're doing our original plan finish. And just like that, Matt Hardy defeats Jeff Hardy at WrestleMania. It was a legit shocker there, Matt. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, Jeff, Jeff busted his ass for me there, and we were both super happy with it. We were we were super happy with what we created in the time we were allotted to create it. 
pretty wild, man, to see this all these years later. How do you feel watching it back? I mean, I, it, it still holds up. I, I think it's good. I'm very proud of it, and I think it's solid. I think it still holds up. It's an all-out sprint. It really is. And I think, in hindsight, knowing how much you had cut, it, it's pretty evident. But you didn't let that get in the way of you guys putting on a spectacle on the biggest right. stage of them all. Uh, how were you guys feeling when you went back to the current? I know you said Jeff got angry at Vince, but were you happy with what you had put out? Yeah, I mean, Je Jeff was Jeff was angry at the end just because we had our time cut. And also, too, I'm sure because they're saying, no, just go home. Tell, tell Matt to cover you after this. Tell Matt to cover you after this. He was frustrated by all that because, once again, it was us getting a big opportunity, you know, and it was a big match for us. And we got a lot taken away, which, you know, we feel like we didn't deserve that because we put in a lot of hard work to get at this point. You know, and we had, you know, regardless of what they said, we didn't really not do anything. We just made the most out of whatever, whether we liked it or not, you know, but for for the majority of things, everything was done really well. They they did the angle really good. You know, the thing that we talked about with me taking credit for burning down his house and trying to murder him and killing his dog, you know, that was a little much. And we weren't, neither one of us were huge fans of that, but we rolled with it and we made the most out of it. But like, the fact that we had our time cut and they told us to go home early and not do that twist of hate, which Jeff was very excited to do. And he wanted that to be the finish. You know, and we just said at the very end, like, fuck it, we're doing it. We're going to do our thing. And, and like, this is the only time you ever get in that moment. Right. So sure. Freaking take the moment. And I want to read Dave Meltzer's notes from this. Listen, Dave, Dave is subjective, obviously. But he hit on a few things that I thought were very interesting. And I'm curious your reaction to mm -hmm. uh, the, the first thing he says is that he feels like the crowd wasn't as into this as the feud would have dictated that they should have been. Did you guys get a sense of that at all while you were in the ring that they weren't reacting unless it was just for a high spot here or there? I, I thought the crowd was good with it yeah. to, to, to the best of my recollection. They were, they were into everything pretty yeah. well. I thought so too, for the record. Um, he said they popped for the, Weapon spots. He says it came off like an indie style garbage match, although both guys worked very hard in it. My impression from watching it is that they expected more time. Privately, I'd been told they expected to steal the show even above Taker and Michaels, but was also given the caveat that it depended on if they were given enough time to do so. Any truth to that? Mad fact, mad fiction there? I mean, yeah, it was a mad fact. We were obviously we obviously had time taken away, and I think it would have added to our match. It would definitely have enhanced the match some of the stuff we're going to do, especially that one other big spot. It had been another big memorable Jeff Hardy spot that we're going to do that we had to ixnay last second. Um, but had you guys I, talked openly about wanting to steal the show? I, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true. I mean, we, we knew we could put together a kick-ass match and we knew it would be great. I, I don't think we talked openly about stealing the show. You know, I, I think we just knew we were going to have one of the best matches on Mania. I think that's kind of, that was our perspective. That's where we we're standing when you guys let the emotions cool down, how were you guys feeling about it? I mean, good. We, we, we made the most out of what we had to work with, you know, and, and that's, that's really all you can do. And just going back and watching, watching it, we, we were proud of it. And just once again, man, it's something, you know, we achieved one of our most wildest dreams, you know, yeah. wrestling one another on WrestleMania. Yeah. Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. Uh, I think for, what you were given in time wise, you guys got a lot of shit in there and it didn't feel unearned. 
We've mm-hmm. talked about that in the past on some of these TLCs and tables and ladders matches that sometimes right. stuff just kind of happens for the sake of happening. Didn't feel that way. I, I thought a lot of this was earned. You ready to answer some questions about this? Sure. Yeah, yeah, man. Let's do it. Hashtag ask Matt at Matt Hardy pod on Twitter and Instagram, Matt Hardy brand on Facebook and the extreme life. Matt Hardy, of course. Um, Sam Overton says the twist of fate on the chair looked brutal. Who came up with the move? Uh, it is the twist of hate, and uh, it was my idea initially, and then I think Jeff and I kind of brainstormed, and brainstormed to perfect it together. So I would almost say that at the end of the day is a, just a Matt and Jeff Hardy creation. Valerie, big fan of the show, says, how different would the outcome have been if Jeff Hardy was the one to win the Brother versus Brother Extreme Rules match instead of you, and would his WrestleMania win either continued or ended the Brother versus Brother feud? Uh, thanks for being a show of the fan. Uh, thanks for being a fan of the show, Valerie. I almost said that backwards. Um, I, 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 I really believe Vince liked what I was doing, and the only way we could continue this and, and drag it out is I, I had to win by some, by some way, you know. So, I, so I, I think that was the right call. If Jeff would have won, sure, I could have attacked him again, and we could have built to another rematch, whatever. But like, at the end of the day, I needed it a lot more than Jeff. So I think that's why I won the deal. Jeff could have won and it would have still been a great match and a lot of fun. And it would have been, you know, the fulfillment of our dream, you know, but uh, I think it was the right call with me winning. Tony Crouton bomb. That's an interesting one. I, I don't ever remember hearing this. He says, there's been a rumor online for many years that the original plan was for Christian to be the one behind the personal attacks on Jeff. This would reportedly lead to a Hardy boys versus edging Christian match at WrestleMania 25. Any truth to that rumor? Uh, that is Matt fiction. Yeah, I don't know that 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 rumor really got ingrained, and I've heard that a lot. Like people convinced themselves that this was supposed to be Christian's role, and he was going to do it, and they swapped it out to me. But no, from the origin, from the genesis of this angle, it was always going to be Matt versus Jeff, and it was going to be Matt as a heel, and you know, work against Jeff, win a few times, and then eventually put Jeff over, and then move on to to bigger and better things. That was I mean, the, it would have been an interesting way to get Christian and Green back in the full. Keep in mind, he was jumping over from TNA around that time. Yep. And look, the Hardys reunited versus Edge and Christian reunited at WrestleMania. That, that would have been a big match. Right. So I, I, I understand where that rumor may circulate from, but uh, it is interesting. Mike says... There was a promo on SmackDown, which opened with Matt sitting in a chair, addressing his actions towards Jeff. I always felt that Matt was at his best with bullet points rather than fully scripted dialogue. Did Matt feel handcuffed being forced to recite lines? They, that, that is right around the time they really started giving out kind of like full scripts, but they, they would let you play around with stuff. Sometimes you'd have to go to Vince and be like, can I put some of this in my language? And sometimes he'd be like, sure you can. Or sometimes he would be like, no. I want this word for word. Uh, and, and I feel like that one in the chair, they, they did give me a lot of verbiage. I got to put some of my own spin on it. I think some of my own vernacular was included in that. And, and I felt pretty good about my delivery of it at that time. I felt like I was much better than I was in the beginning. I was the shits in the beginning with promos, you know, and both, both Jeff and I were, you know, on top of not only being able to talk very natural because like, we, we got into that bad habit, and a lot of wrestlers did, I think, around our age, where we grew up on the Hulk Hogan promos and Ultimate War. Well, let me tell you something, and then this, and then that, as opposed to, like, being real speak, right? You know, so that's something that I definitely grew over the years 
because I was like saying like wrestling promos. And I remember one of the first times Vince said that to me, it really set in. It's like, oh, you're right. Like I'm emulating what I saw growing up and now it's changed to be a lot more realistic where it's more conversational. So that, that, that promo, I remember I, I got a lot of praise for that promo once I came back through. They're like, yeah, we're off to a good start. And that was the night after the Royal Rumble, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was dressed on black. And I kind of, in the back of my mind, I wanted my character name to be like the Black Cloud, Matt Hardy. Like I'm a Black Cloud over over Jeff's mm. life right now and try and strike lightning on him and get him out of the equation. Jonathan Ray asks, did you take any notes from the Brett versus Owen rivalry? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, we, we, I did enjoy that a lot. You know, I, I just think this one was a little different because they had a, they had a similar issue in some ways. And, you know, obviously them being blood brothers, they could be jealousy, whatever. But like, I feel like ours was just a, a, a lot more personal for some reason on some level when theirs was almost more focused on like just their wrestling careers. I feel like ours was even like had more, personal feel to it and, and and maybe that's even because you know we do all these things where i try and hurt jeff by creating all these accidents you know and then we do the thing obviously where we said like i burned down his house and because i mean that's like about as personal as you can get when it comes to like some sort of issue uh i i loved brett versus owen at wrestlemania 10 you know that's one of one of my favorite matches of all time but i, I don't think we we really pulled from that during our program where we work one another yeah good question though nonetheless yeah, uh, Mark asked this, and and we got this from a lot of people. Can you maybe throw in comparisons of this feud versus your broken feud in Impact? What did you like better about this one, or vice versa? <laughs> uh, those are both very very different, but it's very a good different. question. Um, I mean, th this one this was fun because it's like you're trying to play a serious role to a degree. You know, we talked about how like the burning of the house was maybe a little over the top. But, you know, we're trying to, like, play a, a serious, realistic role, kind of, like, based in reality. Uh, whenever we did the whole broken Matt Hardy, Brother Nero stuff, that stuff was, like, based in a fantastical world. You know what I mean? So that, that was all very different, which it had some of the same underlying underlying tones and, and you know, sure. motive to it. You know, because once again, like, you know, it's broken Matt. I say, you know, I have to rid the Hardy family of Brother Nero, he must be deleted. You know, like once again, I'm still trying to like eliminate him totally. It, I'm just saying stuff kind of in a different way. But yeah, it, they were definitely very different because one was based in reality and one was based in a very fantastical world. This one comes to us uh, from Gonzalo, and it's a very simple question, but it's a valid point. We talked about it with Cody the other day. How come Jeff didn't win? He was the good guy coming into this. WrestleMania is a good guy show. Why not give Jeff the win here and continue to elevate him? Was the plan always in place that backlash would be happening after this? I mean, once again, we're, we were telling a story of, of the two of us. I needed elevating more than Jeff. So it just made sense for me to win. And, uh, you know, thankfully Vince had the confidence and faith in me as a heel to, to keep going forward with me. And then, yeah, Vince, uh, Vince was going to make sure Jeff eventually got his payoff and we got that at backlash, but you know, we, we were telling a story. I just think WrestleMania, it was the time in the story for me to win, to piss people, more people off. You know, I, I, I wouldn't compare it at all. It's absolutely different than the, the Roman Cody scenario. You know, it, in this thing, it was a productive win. I would agree as well for the record. I just thought it was an interesting tie in. 
sure. uh, with, our, with our conversation. Uh, Matt, that that's that, man. WrestleMania 25, 2009, long time ago, but nonetheless still a pretty well-regarded moment in the long story that is the Hardy Boys. And now the Hardys have reunited once again. It's, we reunited once again. It is pretty wild that here we are in 2023 and we are still going at it, still rocking and rolling as Jeff Hardy. And listen, on behalf of all the wrestling fans out there, we're, we're all wishing nothing but the best for Jeff. And as your friend, as someone who has seen you kind of go through this journey in the last year and a half, it, I'm, I'm hoping for nothing but great things for you because you've, you've done a lot to get yourself set up for a position to succeed once again. And all this Ethan Page stuff, who would totally lose an Extreme Rules match to, just for the record. Um, but uh, it's it's good to see you again your your chance here to do something fun with Jeff. You you feeling good about everything? Yeah, I'm feeling very good about everything. And it just once again, I'm I, I can't express this enough. I'm very proud of him. I'm very proud of the work he's put into himself. And uh, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and try and convince anyone about my brother you just you know you watch and see he it's up to him to prove himself you know so i feel i feel good about things and i'm looking forward to the future we let things play out here on the extreme life of matt hardy and we'd love for you to be a part of the extreme life of matt hardy promote your business with us advertise with hardy.com you get your business your product whatever it is, out in front of thousands of people every single week, not just on this podcast, but on social media. Matt Hardy just mentioned on social the other day how Game Time is a big, big, big time proponent of the extreme life of Matt Hardy and the House Hardy as well. Mm-hmm. Big tag teamed with us, advertisewithhardy.com. So can you. Next week, Matt Hardy, barring any changes, which as we know, things change frequently here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. We are set to talk about reality. the two-man power trip, an episode you've long waited to discuss, one of the more underrated times of your career. What can people look forward to with that episode? Uh, that, that'll, that'll be fun. Uh, I, I think people are going – I think they're going to be shocked and astonished to learn that, like, that was just supposed to be a one-week thing. And then we turned it into a, a multi-week thing, which was very cool. And Jeff got an intercontinental title run out of it. And I envision we'll hear some stories about the man with three H's as well as Stone Cold Steve Austin. So yeah, a good story episode. The way you get involved with the extreme life of Matt Hardy is you leave that five single five single five star review. And you never know when we'll be doing our next giveaway because we love giving free shit away. Matt Hardy. You love it, man. Even you if love you that free stuff away. Get in on all the fun there at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Anything else you'd like to add, my friend? Yeah, when it comes to giving free stuff away, John will give you whatever you want. A t-shirt, whatever. hoodie, whatever. Good whatever. whatever you want. I'm a whore for giving away free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, um, even, even where NWA, I am one of those. Anything else you'd like to add, my friend? Uh, no. Thank you guys for tuning in each and every week. You know, I We appreciate you guys. Without you, there would be no us. And Thank you guys for uh, being faithful and loyal listeners to the extreme life of Matt Hardy and support myself and John each and every week. And we love to see it. Boy, howdy, Dewey. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next week right here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy.